Today in Science from Wired. This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. As a longtime foreign correspondent, I've worked in lots of places, but nowhere as important to the world as China. I'm Jane Perlez, former Beijing bureau chief for The New York Times. Join me on my new podcast, Face Off, U.S. versus China, where I'll take you behind the scenes in the tumultuous U.S.-China relationship. Find Face Off wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, this is the Spoken Edition of Wired. Presented by the Salvation Army. Your donations help those in need win their daily battles to survive poverty. To give, ask your smart speaker to make a donation to the Salvation Army or make your gift at SalvationArmyUSA.org. Got the flu? These doctors really want to see you. Virtually. Getting sick is the worst, but if you're trying to lure customers who are reluctant or unable to leave home, the virus can be an ally, by Sarah Harrison. Flu season is good for no one. The infection kills thousands of people every year, while many more spend days suffering in bed. Kids get infected, then the virus flattens the parents who stay home with them. Even dogs are laid low. Except there is one entity that kind of loves the flu. Telemedicine companies are hoping to use the annual scourge as a lure for new customers. When the days get shorter and the germs run rampant, they start to see more users checking out their services. With this year's flu season off to an early and virulent start, 2020 is shaping up to be good for business. The idea now filling PowerPoints is this. A flu-sickened patient, either unable or unwilling to see a regular doctor, schedules a quick video checkup loves the experience, and then comes back for more medical care on demand. Dermatology exams, therapy, pink eye, just stay home and turn on the camera. Telemedicine isn't new. The dated sound of the term reveals its decades-old promise. Yet the technology is perhaps finally finding a niche. Tech companies ease the transition by training people to take care of a growing list of needs from home, skip the grocery run, and just use Instacart. Looking for the newest Scorsese flick? It's queued up on Netflix. Thanks to Slack, Zoom, and Google, your office dress code can be a bathrobe and slippers. It's only fitting that the same thinking should apply when you're feeling crummy. Just dial up the dock and chill. But as with the rise of Amazon and its ilk, what we gain in convenience gets counterbalanced by losses elsewhere. Using virtual medicine companies like Teladoc, Doctors on Demand, and MD Live, patients can get an appointment faster than they otherwise might. More patients might then take Tamiflu, an antiviral that can speed up recovery, but that needs to be prescribed within 48 hours of symptom onset. 
Keeping patients at home is also good for containing the spread of germs. And if virtual visits cover the less critical cases, doctors can more readily attend to very sick patients, says Steve Cashman, an executive at InTouch, which helps outfit hospitals and health systems with the technology they need for video consults. To a degree, the gospel of long-distance doctoring seems to be working. We are seeing rapid growth in the use of telemedicine, says Atif Marotra, a doctor and public health expert at Harvard. Roughly 50% growth year over year. On its busiest day this year, Teladoc says it saw more than 10,000 patients. Collectively, these services tend to millions of people a day. Still, of the total number of doctors' visits, that's a tiny fraction, says Lori Usher-Pines, a healthcare researcher at the Rand Corporation. The bigger question, says Marotra, is what the switch to virtual care amounts to. With the flu, most of the time there isn't much that any doctor can do for you. It's frustrating and annoying, but, he says, you just need rest, mom's chicken soup, and you're going to get better. At most, a doctor's reassurances might make you feel slightly better in the moment. So do virtual check-ins actually make a difference? That's the big unknown now facing healthcare economists. What we find is that most telemedicine visits are people who would otherwise have stayed home, says Marotra. If the trend means more people seek preventative care, it could end up saving the healthcare system money. But a bunch of new visits, even virtual ones, also means a bevy of new bills that someone has to pay. For people who use Medicare and Medicaid, taxpayers absorb that cost. For people who get health insurance through their employers, the workforce might end up footing the bill. When employers give you more in health benefits, they just cut back on your wages, Marotra says. He's not sure the extra cost is worth it. It might be that not every sniffle and fever requires a checkup, nor can every problem be solved from the comfort of one's couch. More seriously ill patients or people who take multiple medications or have chronic illnesses need to be poked and prodded in person. They need primary care physicians who know them, are attuned to their specific cases, and can give more than a quick consult. Virtual visits still have their place, helping housebound patients in palliative care, treating patients displaced by natural disasters, lightening the load of hospitals and doctors so they can treat more serious injuries. But for the flu, the best treatment might be the one you can order up yourself. Chicken soup to be delivered within the hour. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.